to the Arms Race. This is a podcast where we attempt to determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history, usually by watching every Sylvester Stallone movie one at a time. In this case, it's a bonus episode. I'm Kevin Keane. And I'm Mike Olson, and today we'll be doing a commentary on No Country for Old Men. Yep, which is on the list of movies I sent to you. I sent you a list of five, and you picked one. Yes, because I, I, at some point I think I was maybe suggesting directors that we could do, and I wanted the Coen brothers. I was... Yeah. I was, of course, leaning actually towards Fargo, but when I saw this, I had to go with No Country for Old This men. is more action-packed, and I think it more in line with our podcast, and also, I think, I, my love of Fargo, I, I don't think it would have been that interesting a podcast, because yeah, it would have just be been us, you know, a love fest. fawning over it. <laughs> well, I, I think, actually, No Country is interesting in comparison to Fargo, and I'm sure uh, yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit, because... I think one of the reasons why I like this movie is how similar and also different it is to Fargo. So we'll get into it. But first of all, I just want to say, you know, this is going to be the second of two commentaries. Again, sort of experiments for us. Uh, hopefully we'll be a little smoother this time. I don't know. This is the second time doing it. But just, just to be I clear. I don't think the last one was bad. No, it wasn't bad. But, you know, I I have no idea if it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. I, it, are, are our files going to stay in sync with people if they decide to watch the movie along with us? Uh, I don't know because I'm I'm planning to raise the volume up on the f- movie on the file. And I don't know if that's going to work. So essentially, I just want to put the same Fair you know disclaimer here of like we don't know if this is going to work or not. But it's a good thing we're not charging people for this stuff. That's no. really what it comes down. Well, to. Well, the other reason why I want to say is you know to be be clear, this is not the podcast now. It's not like this is what we're going to do forevermore. <laughs> like this this is the second of two, and we're going to get back to things next next uh, episode. Yes. Um, just again, we're just building a buffer. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're we want to make sure we get an episode every two weeks when, yep. when we're on. So, uh, you know, this, <laughs> exactly. is, this is our attempt to kind of keep up anyway. Yeah. So Coen brothers, I know we're, we're both big fans of Coen brothers. So yes. this is a nice overlap between kind of action movie ish, but also our love of the Coens. Yeah, definitely. I think of the Coen brothers and I certainly haven't seen every one of their movies but it'd probably either be this or blood simple that probably fits the closest to the theme of the podcast yeah um, blood simple is less action i mean there's not a ton of action in this there's occasional gunfight or whatever but right um this feels more like visceral than that which oh yeah blood simple is just like dread like <laughs> two hours of dread. Dread. yes yeah and, and i i think this also and maybe it'll be a love a different type of love affair with this this movie for us but we both definitely like westerns yeah. and and heist movies. This doesn't have too much of a heist vibe. I mean, there there's it is of sorts. Yeah, I mean, I, there, there's a cat and mouse of trying to. But I guess the point is the Venn diagram. There's a lot of overlaps in the other non-action genres that both you and I like. So it may be just a, a love fest in a different way. Oh, I think it'll definitely. We both like this movie a lot. I know that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so we're gonna hit play on our movie here, and uh, we'll we'll we're at two seconds on the file on Amazon. Hopefully, we don't lose uh, internet connection or anything to screw this up. But <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Uh, well, that's my concern because I do have the Blu-ray of this movie, and the plan was to pop it into my PC. Makes and sense. Play it on my Blu-ray drive. I've got a BD-ROM drive. It should play fine. But guess what? The goddamn copy protection won't let it play. Because oh no, he can't play it on a PC. He might rip it and put it on Lime or whoever some some website. I, it's it amazing. Crazy. I own this I and do. I can't play it. I have a legal right to make a copy, and I can't do it because of their copy protection. 
I hate it. I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. No, it's, I mean, it's not that big a deal or whatever, but it's, it's frustrating. It, it is annoying. I've legitimately, I've paid for the use of this. I'd like to use it, please. So, so we had two options. One is to play it on my actual dedicated Blu-ray player, but then I can't record the audio to then insert into the file later yeah. to help people stay in sync. Or just do it this way. Pay a couple of bucks to rent it on Amazon for a movie that I own. So whatever. So hopefully the file, you know, we don't lose internet connection. The file stays in sync with you. But um, we're going to hit, I'm going to say three, two, one, go, on, go. You know what? play. We're, we're at like the very beginning of the Miramax logo. And what the bonus is here is because this is on Amazon, we got the x-ray. So we, we might be able to seem like we really know a lot about this movie. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want the x-ray up. <laughs> First of all, that's that's kind of cheating. Of course, we're, it is. we're here to talk about the movie, not to talk about what Amazon <laughs> says. I was just going to demonstrate my reading skills. <laughs> also, I think it would be a distraction. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we're, right. we're right at the beginning of the Miramax logo. There's a skyline, and, and it's, it's hard. This, the Miramax logo is not the most distinct thing in the world. So, uh, but we're two seconds. Hopefully, you're p- pretty close. So I'm going to say three, two, one, go, on go. Hit play on your end, and uh, hopefully, we'll be in sync. All right, so I'm ready if you are. Mark. I am ready. All right, here we go. Three, two. One, go. All right. And we have begun. Miramax, nothing to talk about there. <laughs> just, yeah, just keep on driving. <laughs> uh, actually, they're up for, for sale. There's, I think, ooh, Viacom, CBS Viacom might be, uh, well, Paramount Vintage. <laughs> Vantage, that may be a reason why, since they own Paramount Studios. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I, I know I had just read, uh, actually, uh, this is a little bit off topic, but just quickly, did <laughs> Did you happen to read that in uh, 2021 is going to be Keanu Reeves Day, that they're releasing Matrix 4 and John Wick 4 on the same day? I, yeah, I saw that. I was sheriff uh, of this county when I was 25 years old. The main old. reason I bring it up is that uh, Lionsgate, which does the John Wick series, was also a potential interested man. bidder in Miramax and, and backed out. So. Okay. Me and Tommy Lee Jones. At the same time, him yep. up in Plano and me out here. Let's let him talk a little bit. Just I think he's pretty proud of that. So people can get synced up. Yep. Not a lot of sound no, at the beginning here. Some of the old-time sheriffs never read more a gun. A lot of folks find that hard to believe. Jim Scarber never carried one. That's the younger Jim. Gaston oh, Jim Scarber. wearing one up in Comanche County. I always like to hear about the old-timers. Never missed a chance to do so. Okay, I think that's good. So All right. I have read the book. I don't know. Have you ever read the book? I have not. I did not like it. I right. I don't like um, what's the, what's God um, names are difficult. Is what, it Corman uh, Cormac McCarthy? Thank you. I, I knew it was a C and an M. <laughs> you got me halfway there. And and I, I knew I was going to butcher it. So thank you. Because yeah. he also I know the road is a novel of his that was turned into a movie with Viggo Mortensen. I think. Yeah, that was supposedly pretty bad. Yeah, I, that, that's what I had heard. But I I haven't read either of the books. The oh, just from based on this and my knowledge of the road, it seems like he's a pretty dour. <laughs> subject matter author yeah i mean i that's not that's not my issue with he just has a writing style that really grates with me okay is it pretty close in terms of the book and the movie i i seem to remember being pretty close okay well just at least to start off i mean Tommy lee jones is this just written like for him (laughs) Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, I think this a lot of this stuff is just taken from the novel, which is why I brought it but, up. I mean, yeah, but well, I mean, my point is, there's nobody else that should be in this role. No, probably not. I mean, you could probably find, if we had a list of actors, probably could find some alternatives, but I mean, you couldn't get any better, that's right, for sure. Exactly. You could equal it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and he he's the character that I think 
I when I think about this movie in relation to Fargo. Well, I don't, I, I don't want to interrupt this scene because this this is the, our introduction to Anton Chigurh and a force of nature. Yeah, this is, I mean, so I I just remember watching this the first time and just finding this chilling of just him just walking up casually yep. and choking this guy. And the marks on the floor, which I think will happen in a second. Just that—that's yeah, a very Cohen brother touch, like the the focus on those little details. Details, yep, absolutely. It's like our segment, little details. <laughs> you know, the, the 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 a little bit a little bit more intense little detail. The tombstones don't tip over in the Cohen brothers. No. Man, yeah, it is tough. <laughs> it's hard to talk of, over stuff yeah, like this. It's why I wanted to wait. Isn't there? I thought there was a close-up of just his shoes making marks. Maybe I. Maybe it's just a, a detail that I focused on when I saw this. Um, what was I talking about? That that scene is uh, distracting. Uh, so your comparisons to oh yeah the characters Fargo. in Fargo. There's yep. the shot I remember. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I th- it, this movie is kind of a similar plot in, to Fargo in that it's a you know criminal. It's a story. It's a kind of a crime story where someone happens upon a bunch of money. Yep. Uh, essentially, uh, money that they didn't expect to have. I mean, in the case of Fargo, it's it's Bashami having a you know, like ten times the amount of money he was expecting. Yes. And here it's it's uh, uh, um, God. I wish I, I I need I need an IMDb up at all times. Uh, you, I, can't I can do the. I mean, it's Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. I can, thank I you. Oh, Llewellyn. Actually, I only know it. I remember it because of. Oh, uh, now I'm going to forget the actress's name. The way she says Llewellyn is the reason I'll never okay. forget. Llewellyn uh, Moss, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, he just finds the money. Yeah. There's all this stuff first. I forgot all this was all in a yeah, row. This is tough. Actually, I can just do this to see names. <laughs> Happy <That's> birthday. <right>. <laughs> This is such a and like the lack of music and stuff like this. Yep. I mean, this it's and we'll get the introduction of Llewellyn. Here we go. There's Llewellyn. Um, but yeah, he just comes across this money, and so the stories are are similar in that it's someone who, through nefarious means, comes across some money and is trying to hold on to it at all costs. And then you've got the police character. In this case, it's Tommy Lee Jones. In Fargo, it's uh, Marge, Marge Gunderson. And so they're very similar, but the, I, th- I feel like they have totally opposite feelings. Yeah, and conclusions. Yes. Uh, yeah, that too. Because in Fargo, it's all about Marge kind of rising above it and saying, you know, in, in both movies, it's about a law, a, a, a character who is who represents a law who is kind of baffled by the evil they come across. But right. in her case, she just kind of goes like, I don't understand this, and I'm just going to go back to my life and be happy. And Tommy Lee Jones is kind of destroyed by it psychologically. Like, he doesn't understand it, and it, it haunts him. So it, I, I I find it interesting how the Coen brothers you know, kind of come back to similar, similar ideas. Yeah, and ideas. Well, I, you know, I wonder, I'd, I'd speculate, you know, maybe, and I, I certainly haven't given a lot of thought, we're talking out loud here. Uh, I wonder if, you know, Marge... If Marge is at a different point, and di- not only just a different person, but a different point in her life where she's older, uh, no, she's not older. But oh, I'm saying I thought, I thought 
I thought you were going to say if she had been older. Oh well, then she maybe, would have reacted differently. She might have reacted differently, but maybe she just doesn't want to deal with it and compartmentalizes because she's going to be a mom soon, and she just doesn't want to even acknowledge right that something that nonsensical exists in the world because she's you know about to bring another human being in the world, and she's just like, I don't want to deal with this. You know, I don't understand this, and that's it. Yeah. Well, and it's also uh, having just seen The Irishman recently, I was thinking about this in comparison to no, you know, no country in comparison to the Irishman of that's similar, except in the case, in that case, I know you didn't like the Irishman, but I did the, not. Um, De Niro's character, not being able to kind of like face what he has done himself, like the evil within himself. Like that, just for whatever reason, there've been a lot of movies on my mind recently that have a similar kind of a thing. And this is one of them. Yeah. Um, cause I know a lot of people were upset or, you know, kind of confused by the fact that Timothy Jones never really intersects with this story, which is, uh, you know, Llewellyn coming across this money, uh, which I don't know how much there is to even talk about. We're doing a commentary, but it's like this movie is very, has a very deliberate pace. And I don't know if there's going to be like a ton to talk about that on screen, but uh, I know a lot of people didn't like the fact that Timothy Jones never really catches up to the rest of the story. But like, I feel like he's essential to like what the movie is trying to say about I, all the rest of it, you know what I mean? I, his perspective is essential. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I mean, it's his movie, right? Is, is at least he's the old man in the title of the movie, right? I mean, yeah. it really is his movie. We spend far more time with Llewellyn and Anton Chigurh, but I mean, in reality, the the story is his story, and at least to me, of you know, kind of what the United States itself kind of is, is that yeah, it isn't. The the rugged kind of West is not a place that generally old old men were going to survive. And but in some ways, what's interesting is I don't know where I came a, came across you know the the concept or the quote. But if you're if you're in a you know a profession that you, you typically die young, beware kind of the old men. And in some right. ways, you know, there, there's probably a story of Tommy Lee Jones. I I know he he's never seen evil like this, but something tells me if he survived that long in that job that. He had some stories and saw some things, too. I don't know, though, because the opening monologue that we talked over, he talks about how the things used, didn't used I to be like this. I guess they didn't carry guns. They didn't carry guns. Maybe. How this, this is a new phenomenon for him. Yeah, you, you're probably right there. <laughs> the the uh, subtitles did not seem to match what he I, said. <laughs> <laughs> right. Subtitles in on Amazon said "Agua Señor." I felt I feel like he said "Agua Por Favor." That's what I think. He's yeah. kind of obviously he's dying. So anyway, yeah, this, this is an interesting like coming again. Like the, the 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 movies we tend to watch on this podcast, seeing this scene like the aftermath of some horrible gun battle that rather than seeing the gun battle itself, yeah, yeah. and like we've seen a million gun battles in uh, the course of this podcast, but. A scene like this is, you know, I, I like movies like this. And I feel like Tarantino is good at this, of like showing you the parts yep. of the movies they usually don't show you. And, and the same thing, actually, The we're coming up on the sequence, but hit, Llewellyn's kind of detective work is he's going to try and, you know, find out yeah. like, <laughs> the last yeah. guy. Ultimo hombre. Yeah. <laughs> you can use that to sink. I said it right at the time he said it. Ultimo hombre. I don't know a lot of Spanish, but what Spanish I do know, I know from the movies. <laughs> Ultimo hombre.
you know, and up until I think this, I don't know if I had seen Josh Brolin in, in a ton of stuff. I mean, he was in Goonies. Yeah, I'm okay. Then I, as an adult, he yeah, was. as an adult, I I think W was before this, and I probably saw him in that. And that might be the only movie I had seen him in. He was, he was working pretty steadily. Oh, I, but I, I think I don't he know was. If, I'm just not sure it was any stuff that I I saw myself. I'm gonna look up his IMDb. We, can, right. we can do that on these commentary episodes because I, I do remember after seeing this, I became a big Josh Brolin fan after No Country for Old Men. He's great. Yeah, he really is. He's been in a few other Coen's movies. You didn't like Hail Caesar, did you? No, I didn't. I like him in Hail Caesar. I really, and the thing is, he probably is what I like most about, and I really wanted to like that movie, because that, that should have been right in my wheelhouse in terms of setting and being Coen Brothers. It should have been. I just, I, it didn't do it for me. No, I liked it a lot. It's not, it's not like Raising Arizona where I have like a passionate dislike. I just, I was more disappointed than that I think is necessarily a bad movie. Yeah, I think I'm just willing to... What is that moment where he looks at oh, the watch? Yeah, see, that moment, that, that what I was going to comment on, and thank you, is that he, I think he's giving time, he, he, he's marking time to see if this guy hasn't moved to gauge if he's dead. So he doesn't want to approach. He sees him, he might be sleeping, and I, I think that he's gauging like time of how long before he walks over because he thinks the guy's dead. He, is that, that this guy's watch, or he found it in the ground? Or I, I, I was looking oh, down no, for I, a second. I, I think it's Llewellyn's watch. Okay, and I, I just think that 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 moment is—it's just to call attention that he's aware. He's he's thinking about the time and, and yeah, that he, trying to calculate the time. Okay, yeah, and then he wants to to proceed cautiously, but you know, and I don't I don't remember. I, I didn't see it because it flashed up too quickly of how much time does elapse. But at some point, he's probably like, all right, this the Ultimo Ombre is probably dead, so it's safe <laughs> yeah. to approach. Yeah, okay. Obviously, on IMDb, his like most most well known known for now is Thanos, which is a little yeah. eye rolling, but whatever. I mean, it is the role he's most known for nowadays. Unfortunately, uh, he wasn't in a ton prior to No Country that uh, I recognize. All right, then I, mean, I don't feel bad. He was in Grindhouse in the same year, and uh, okay. uh, which is funny because we did Machetes, which, yeah. which grew out of Grindhouse. But um, yeah, he was in the Robert Rodriguez part of it. Uh, I remember thinking that part was okay. I really didn't like the Quentin Tarantino half of that, but. Um, well, not everything's going to be a winner with Tarantino, right? Mostly. I mean, that's that's the only movie of his that I don't like. And actually, I was going to say, Coen Brothers, I'm pretty, like, forgiving. Like, I just, I generally like what they do. I can only think of, like, a handful of movies of theirs that I just flat out don't like. Well, they've done a lot, too. That's the thing. You do I, enough yeah, stuff. They've made a just, lot of movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just, just law of averages, you're going to have some that... I mean, I, th- I would say The Lady Killers and uh, um, Intolerable Cruelty. Those are the only two Coen Brothers movies I can think of where it's just like, uh, I flat out hold on, don't wait a minute. like them. What's another one that I'm not a huge fan of with um, oh, Brad, your- Brad Pitt and um, oh, it's going to kill me. Oh, um, and Marge. Um, I haven't seen I, that one. Yeah, yeah, I know the one you and mean. And of course, now I forgot Marge's name. Burn actually. After Reading. Burn After Reading, yeah. I I've wasn't not a seen huge that fan. One. It's another one that I didn't hate, but I wasn't a huge fan of. And why can't I remember Marge's, the actress? Oh, Frances McDormand. Yeah. All right. Well, prior to this, Josh Brolin was in Hollow Man, apparently. The, oh, uh, I, for, I definitely don't remember that. Kevin I've Bacon, seen, Invisible Man. I have Man seen movie. Hollow Man, but I do not remember him in it. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't famous yet, so probably when we both saw that movie. I, think, I don't remember when I saw that, but I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't have known who he was. And I think there's a new Invisible Man being released next year. I think so, yeah. Is that part of the monster, like, uh, Tom Cruise? I think uh, it was uh, supposed to, but the, the trailer that I saw, I, I think it's actually supposed to be more like a slasher. 
Because the concept, I think, is is that it's like a, a boyfriend that's stalking, actually, oh. I think, you know, uh, an ex-girlfriend or whatever is what I think. So I think it might have was supposed to be, but then when The Mummy was a total disaster. Yeah, The Mummy, like, that's what I was talking Well, about. we've already invested too much in this movie. We've got to salvage it some way. <laughs> All right. I forget. I'm going I'm to. Kelly McDonald. I'm, I looked up her name. Carla on, Jean. I, I think sh- this performance is so great. It I mean, really if is. I've seen her in anything else, I don't know it. I mean, maybe I have, but. Oh, so was she. Uh, she's so great in this movie. I can't remember if it was an HBO show or if it was actually one of the Fargo limited series that uh, she's in. She. This is a great performance, and I think. For all the performances, I mean, people went crazy. I mean, I'm sure uh, Javier Bardem was nominated for stuff, right? If I remember, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Everyone went crazy for his performance, no, which I, is also good, but she's the one that I remember just being like, wow, she's good. She is great, and I think actually her and Josh Brolin together, I, some, the, they don't have a ton of scenes, but I think their scenes together, I think they yeah. work really well together. When her mama shows up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched this in three years at least, maybe maybe longer. So It's been a while this for me, is a too. Little, And, I, and I have a nice touch that he brings some water for the guy. No, and that what's funny is that I, it's, it's something about oh, Lou Allen's care. I'm sorry, this is such a great exchange. We we kind of st- we talked over the beginning of it where it's like tell my mother something. Your mother's dead. Well, then I'll tell her myself. Oh and yeah, that's that's. I don't know if that's McCarthy or the Coen Brothers, but that's a great exchange. No, sorry, I, what were you saying? All I was going to say is that this is I. I think this. This sequence is important for for a number of reasons because it's obviously the mistake that really snowballs and their 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 um, this makes it far worse for Llewellyn. But yeah. I like his conscience in this is that it's really eating at him and that he's going to do the one thing that he he's got the money he's going to do the one thing that he can do for the guy even though he should know that there's no way that guy's still alive. Yeah, well, it, it's this is a classic Coen Brothers thing of no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a lot of their movies are like this where uh you know it's it's the arbitrary kind of nature of uh you know they don't make movies where the, yeah they don't make movies where the good a morally good person ends up okay and the you know evil people get their come, come up, up and it's quite the opposite in this movie obviously unfortunately given, yes. given the ending but um but yeah i feel like that's that's a real I mean, some obviously some movies that they do that. I mean, Fargo is kind of like that, where Jerry, the bad Jerry, guys get yeah, caught and, and Marge or, yeah. or are dead, <laughs> and Marge is okay at the end. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking up the filmography because it's going to bother me. Of the Coen Brothers? No, of Kelly McDonald. Oh. So you're going to have to carry me here that, for a minute. That's a great shot. The shot of uh, the trucks on the on the ridge and yep the lights yeah oh you know what I think she was train spotting that's what that's okay. what it was from when she was young but there's something else that I thought that Kelly McDonald yeah because she's Scottish oh God, how can I forget Boardwalk Empire I'm such an idiot she's um, <laughs> whatever I can't remember anything Wait. no I I I feel dumb no she's a like super important main character in oh. Boardwalk Empire that makes me want to see that more uh. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Boardwalk. Last season's only okay, but the the first couple are really good. Yeah, because because she that actress is Scottish, right? So yes, that's even more impressive. That I mean, the what, entirely she, convincing Texas accents uh, in this. Yeah, absolutely. Convincing. In Boardwalk, uh, she actually plays an Irish Irish girl, but 
No, she, oh, she maybe that actress is Irish. I, I no. no, no, she's Scottish. I just looked it oh, up. She? Okay. But, and yes, she, I definitely do. I buy her almost as much as I do Tommy Lee Jones with his accent, and he doesn't need to act for his. Oh no, that is that is the most authentic Texan accent. Yes. At least from Tennessee or something. But whatever, he's from the South. I don't think Tommy Lee Jones is from Texas, but he's right? definitely from the South. I don't. I'm not sure about that. He was uh, roommates with Al Gore in college. I know Al Gore is from Tennessee, right? Al Gore is from Tennessee, but I'm. So I, I think I think Tommy Lee Jones is from Tennessee. I'm looking it up. Oh man, I forgot how this whole sequence the sun is coming up. Yep. Like that's got to be tough to do. That's got to be tough to shoot <laughs> and and get it right and get it when you need it. Like yes. you, either. I mean, I'm sure a lot of this is just faked. Like they're they're underexposing or something, but. Um, that's got to be like, we got to shoot like three shots a, uh, every morning, and then we move on to other stuff, and then come back tomorrow. See, I don't know everything, but I do know some things. Tommy Lee Jones was born in San Saba, Saba, Texas. Okay. I think he's from West Texas. Okay. That's the reason. He is. He was like made for this role. You need an old West Texas sheriff that looks weathered? Go get yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. You can't do better than Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, I feel... I feel bad, even though this pooch is looking to really get Llewellyn. I still feel bad. Well, you know, he's he's a dog uh, owned by bad guys of some True. sort. I don't know if we ever really get... Do we learn who these guys are? Probably not, right? They're just some cartel it's guys, cartel. probably. Yeah. This is a nice sequence, too. This attention to detail of yep. having to dry out. I mean, I, th- that's probably a Cormac McCarthy thing. I remember there being a lot of... <laughs> Stuff like that. I did see someone on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to talk over the death of this dog because it's too sad. Uh, I did see someone on Twitter uh, comment. Uh, they did like a parody of Cormac McCarthy's writing style, which I really laughed at because I don't like his writing style. And it was essentially the sentence was, the man sat by the campfire and ate the beans and the beans were good. And then he ate some more beans and, and handed them to the boy who also ate the beans. And then, and they sat and ate beans in the, in the, in the uh, gradual dusk of beans, <laughs> it was just like you know that that is that is very much Cormac McCarthy's style of just like ongoing like run on sentences. Okay, and, I haven't read. Sorry, this this is probably the scene. Yeah, this, is, this is the scene. This is the showstopper. Twenty minutes in or whatever. And, yeah. And actually, what really makes it, the other guy makes it so much too. I, I mean, I don't know yeah. who he is, but I agree. This guy's great. <laughs> There's not a lot of <laughs> there's not like, <laughs> there's not a lot of the the, the Coen Brothers type of comedy, but, but the, it comes out here. <laughs> I mean, this is like a quintessential Coen scene where it's the mix of the threat of violence and right. then it's super also super funny. It is, and at the same it's, time, cause, it, it's, because, it's every Buscemi scene in Fargo. It's the combination of those two things that like almost no one else can pull it off. I, Sorry, what were you saying? I, all I was going to say is that, yeah, because the only other sequences so far that you've seen with Anton Chigurh has been horrifically violent. That's true, yeah. And this then, is the first time we get to know him, really. You know him, and, but you're like, honestly, this whole sequence, you're on edge the entire time because you've seen him two times, and he's killed people two times. You yeah. assume this guy is just done. Yeah. Relevant to this podcast. Oh, I like this line. <laughs> the exasper- he has such contempt for this he guy. Does. Which is very, I mean, it really does give us a hint into who Anton is because it's like, 
he is so contemptuous of this guy who's just you know he's he's running a gas station he's right. living his life he's a, he's an everyday person and Anton Chigurh just is he just thinks he's such a sucker for living a normal life you know what I mean like that's yeah. essentially what's going on here uh and this poor guy is just trying to yeah, get I, out of this. Yeah, I mean, you think about this guy. He he wants he wanted nothing to do with this, and he as the he just wants out of this. But <laughs> where's he going to go? Right. Oh, what I was going to say relevant, relevant to our podcast. I saw someone did a deep fake. You know, like they paste another actor. Yeah. Uh, of Arnold in the scene, and there was like a <laughs> there was a uh, sound alike doing the scene. Wow. It's worth looking up. I remember everyone being fixated on the haircut. On yeah. The, on Javier Bardem's haircut. Where's he the, made a big deal about it, too. Uh, did when he? It came out. Yeah, he did. Because he, 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 I remember I, when it came out, he made a joke. Because he, well, he was getting nominated for what was huge. And he's like, yeah, and I you know, gave the whoever, the Coen brothers or whoever, crap that, you know, I'm not, when he was filming, he's like, I'm not going to get laid for, you know, like months or whatever with this haircut or something along those lines. Well, I was going to say, well, I, I don't want to talk about this too much, but. What? Just go. I mean, I, this is this is the the well, moment. This is the moment of the whole movie. What we're calling it for here? You need to call it. I can't call it for you. Well, it wouldn't be fair. I didn't put nothing up. Yes, you did. You've been putting it up your whole life. You just didn't know it. You know what date is on this coin? No. Nineteen fifty-eight. It's been traveling twenty-two years to get here, and now it's. That's the here. most creative way to establish it's what year it's supposed to be. I like that. You have to say, call it. Well, look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. It's it's this next I line. Stand. I love. You stand to win everything. Call it. I love that line delivery. You stand to win everything. Call it. Like it's he kind of stops joking around a little yeah, bit there. No, it's very intense. <laughs> and then this, this next thing he says. <laughs> God. He does just change like on a dime. Well done. Yeah, and this is all the stuff. Don't put it in your pocket. It's this face. Oh, that is. <laughs> but because the which it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't imagine. I mean, he probably did deserve to be nominated for stuff, and maybe this is the best performance in the movie because to make this character kind of funny in in a way that I'm. I mean, I'm sure a little bit of that's on the page, but uh, I mean, all he does is kill people. He's like yeah. maybe the most sociopathic character in the history of film, other and, than maybe Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> I guess. I mean, Hannibal Lecter is occasionally funny also. So. No, that's what, that, what was funny is that I was going to make the comparison. Yeah, the closest thing, not just in terms of so, you know being sociopathic or psychopathic, whichever is the correct term, but in terms of having levity every once in a while, Hannibal Lecter has it too. I love your suit. Yep. Um, anyway, all I wanted to say about the hair, I didn't want to talk over that scene, but um, like, I feel like... People had that haircut in 1980. Like, it was remarked upon so much, and I saw this movie, and I didn't really... I mean, it's a haircut you would never see anyone wear today, but I, as a movie set in 1980, I just went like, okay, I, that seems like a haircut someone could have had in 1980. Everyone had their like weird, shaggy, your post-70s, not quite like Reagan-era... You know, it was this weird middle ground where I totally buy someone would have a haircut. Like I'm not that. saying that I wouldn't buy it. The challenge, I think, is just for the character. It's, I mean, that's also the Coen brothers. 
it it's disarming in a way because I you you that is not if you just saw like a lineup of the usual suspects, you're not thinking that guy is the force of nature and like death on earth. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, he's got like it's sh- it's a shaggy haircut. Like I, I've seen people compare it to like a little boy's haircut, which I don't think that's what it looks like to me at all. Like it's, it's I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's about almost that. like a, a, a like. Scooby Doo, Shaggy from Scooby Doo, kind of a haircut, like not quite hippie, but like not not long enough to be a long hair, quote unquote. But mm. <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that. What's well, great though is he does have equal like contempt for the people he works for too. Yeah, he hates everybody. I mean, in a way, he's all, he's not a human character. No, he's, he's not. Like, he's a force of nature. Yeah, exactly. Really and because uh, the the closest thing in uh, and I, I know you've seen and enjoyed the first season of Fargo, the TV series. Yeah. Uh, or what? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Malvo is Anton Shigura, and in many ways, it's the he ha- he definitely plays up the comedy. They they oh yeah they change they change it, but in terms of being like the force of nature, that's what Lauren Malvo is. Yeah. Is that because he'll even there's little moments in the TV show where Lauren Malvo he'll cause trouble f- just to do it, just to see like what happens, right? And he's kind of like mischievous because there's a scene early on where he's in a hotel. And he convinces, like, the kid that works there to go piss in the the gas tank of the woman that he works for. There's no reason for, like, him to do that, but that's... He's basically, like, mischief incarnated and going... And yeah. So there's a little levity, but 100%. He, Lorne Malvo and Anton Chigura, the Venn diagrams, they're almost two circles that completely overlap. Yeah, I mean, I think, in, for the most part, Anton Chigura... When he's doing, when he's killing for no reason, that's when he brings the coin out. Right. Right. The, the first couple of uh, murders we see, the first one's to get out of police custody. The second one, he's get a car. to get a car. Yeah. So he doesn't flip a coin there. He's like, you are going to be killed because I have necessity. I have something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Necessity. Whereas that guy at the gas station is like, I don't have to kill you. So. Can you, I, I can't remember this actor's name. I mean, he's in Deadwood. I, I will. Uh. uh Garrett Delahunt? Yes, Garrett Delahunt, which he is in the movie Widows, which I'm pretty sure you still have not seen. I don't even know what that is. Oh, we'll talk about it offline. Okay. Uh, love Garrett Delahunt in this, and just in general. He he was in, De- he had two roles, actually, in Deadwood. I think. It's, oh, yeah, I remember him in Deadwood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, big fan. And I, I honestly, I, I, I love him. This is very much a Coen Brothers character, too, but I love him in this role. Oh, Sheriff! <laughs> Yeah, he never made much of an impression on me. I'll, I'm sure I'll remember when we get there. Oh, in this he didn't? Yeah, in this. Oh, man, no, he... I'm looking him up. I'm, I'm curious to see. He's in Fear of the Walking Dead. I've never watched that. He's not in a ton. It's funny now watching this. Are you right? Luella Malls. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny watching this how late the the cops get here yeah you're right that, that's a great line i kindly doubt it <laughs> yeah no the the coens know how to write i do kind of uh colloquialism yeah, exactly. from uh regions without a doubt yeah they've got an ear for dialogue uh, it's safe to say i don't think i'm saying anything that people don't know no them and tarantino that's probably why actually you and i enjoy 
both you know the coen brothers and tarantino so much is that the scripts and dialogue is always great yeah i mean i'd probably put the coens above quentin tarantino in, in dialogue of, really in terms of writing writing maybe story i don't know Di- dialogue tarantino's tough to beat i think i might put the coens above quentin tarantino i do love to i mean i i know it's somewhat it's out of necessity i love that they've got horses for this scene it just really does make the feel even though it's 1980 it really gives you the feeling that this is a western yeah well they're literally texas rangers right or no are they just sheriff sheriff's office i think they're sheriff no i don't think they're i'm trying to read the badge on his arm no because uh the one of my other suggestions for this was to do hell or high water they were definitely texas rangers okay that's a movie I've only seen once. So, oh, you need to see it again. I, yeah, I will see it again. I, I own it on uh, Blu-ray. There so. we go. If it ain't, it'll do till Mel gets here. <laughs> Just the dread of, yeah. And just no music. Nope. Just it's death knocking on your door. Yeah. So I haven't been paying. We're obviously talking over the movie. He he got the plate off the car and tracked. He tracked down Llewellyn. He got the address from that. I don't know how I'm going to get a sync. Like you know, my plan is to raise the volume up every once in a while <laughs> so people can listen and, and sync it up. But there's like almost no audio in this movie. Well, in particular, the scenes where if you've got a lot of Anton Shigura, there's a lot of silence yeah. in him, and a little, actually a decent amount with Lou Allen too. Because yeah. I mean, like that's what I, this movie has a lot of different kind of genres and aspects to it, and that's probably why I like it so much because it's a great like cat and mouse chase sequence between those two yeah you've got some elements of a west the sitting down on the this is i just love this yeah pours a glass of milk yeah who, I, who what writer thinks of this <laughs> i don't know if this is in the novel i wish i i read it a long time ago i saw the movie and went like oh that was great i should read the novel and then maybe a year later i read the novel gotcha and i just it obviously didn't make enough of an impression. No, no, the movie made like, way more of an impression. Honestly, what is going through his mind like right now, sitting and looking <laughs> right. at that TV? That's the thing. Who thinks of to, who thinks to write that scene? He just he goes and he gets some milk and he sits on the couch for a little bit. Oh, this! You have expected him to keep asking the same thing the fourth time. (laughs) It's like a computer that just... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing, too. I mean, when... The the cue that basically that if there isn't somebody else there, so if a toilet doesn't flush, she's done. Yeah, probably. And I I think that's me. Just the the sense of like dread. 
every scene that he's in, it's it, honestly, even though I've seen this, you know, I don't know how many times, you feel like pretty much anybody he comes in contact with dead. Yeah. And it, I know it's not going to work out that way, but that's what it feels like every time. And it makes sense now, I think about it, because when we were watching it earlier, I, I was like, oh, these two scenes where he chokes the, the cop and then he kills the guy at the side of the road. I didn't remember them being back to back, but it makes sense to set up the pattern. It's like he's going to kill. It's very likely he will kill anybody he comes across. Yes. He has no compunction. So, you know, basically you should expect this. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, now the I mean, he killed those two guys out in the desert, but didn't kill the guy at the the gas station, didn't kill nope. this woman. But it's clear that he very, you know, he's very willing to. Absolutely. So, you know, I don't think he was going to ask very many more times. Where does he work? Right. If that toilet doesn't flush. Yeah. <laughs> that's great because it's it's funny and it's also i he never pull he never pulls his gun at all in this movie right he's I don't very think so, no. he's very reluctant to put himself in danger timely jones's character yep. and that's obviously relevant for his, yeah because at, at the end because he shows up at the hotel and probably would have but it was too late he right. may have it actually when when uh, we'll obviously get there, but when Shigura is behind the door, he may have it unholstered at that point. Okay, well, to pay attention. <laughs> Probably must be. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's kind of a little Barney Fife in yeah, a way, yeah. But it's more competent than Barney Fife. I just oh, sure. Recently <laughs> 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 drunk milk. This is a good line, too, if I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, obviously, we're not saying anything people don't know, but he's such a good actor. that that His delivery of that line really is important. It sells his whole arc. And it does. And he, he's, he's horrified by all this. Like, he, he, <sighs> she's not is, like Marge, where he, she can compartmentalize. He is... He's very much impacted by all this. So uh, that ho- hotel um, owner or manager, she is in hell or high water. So it's actually a connection between the two. She's the rattlesnake of a waitress in one of the best small performances of all time. Oh, I what don't, don't you want when they when the um, uh, bo- both of the rangers they go in and there's only one restaurant in the town. Right. You either don't want the green beans or you don't want because the only thing they have is T-bone steak. Oh, she is outstanding. I don't remember. Yeah. What if this has done a rewatch? Hell or High Water. Yeah, it is one of my favorite recent, like you know, last five year movies without a doubt. I loved it. I just haven't rewatched it yet. Like I don't have the same memory for recent movies, you know, because it's like you haven't seen them as many times. Yeah, ever. and also like things make more of an impression on you when you're younger. And it's true. It's like doesn't matter how much I love a movie, I'm not going to remember it as well as I remember, you know, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. or Star Wars. Yeah, yeah or, I you know anything like that. That new Ghostbusters trailer, I'm not into, but that's a topic <laughs> for another day. 
<laughs> I take it you agree based on that that uh, scoff that you made. Yeah, because I'm not a Stranger Things fan, so yeah. I don't need more Stranger Things. Thank totally, you, very much. I, you and I are on the same page. Whatever. There. I'm bummed because I actually I had you know some decent hopes, but whatever. Yeah, whatever is the right. What if, if it's good, great. If it's not, yeah, doesn't you know really what? Matter. I, I hope I'm wrong. And there have been things that I've been wrong about. So I actually, I I honestly do. I hope I'm wrong. Even if it's, even if I don't like it, but other people do, fine. I I don't. It's, I I'm fine with things existing that are not for me. Yeah, you know. That's very smart. I would never think to do that. Neither would to, I. To hide I, the money in the in the vent. Like and that. I don't know if that was in the book either, but I I like that connection too because just driving out, to, not the connection to the book, but Buscemi's character driving out to the middle of nowhere, right, to bury it, in the ice pick, uh, the ice scraper for his marker. There aren't any characters nearly as dumb as Buscemi in Fargo because he doesn't even bury it in the ground. He just buries it under the snow. I mean, I guess he's he's going to be back soon. He thinks so. Yeah. It's not that, but yeah, hiding it out in the open, whereas uh, Llewellyn... Yeah, it's pretty smart. Like, if, if like no one would find that in a hundred years until they tore down the building, you know? Yeah, they're if, probably if, not cleaning out those vents, is my guess, at that someplace cheap motel is actually yeah, where he's at. That's true, yeah. Maybe at some point they would have cleaned out the vents, but... Is this the movie where he buys a like twenty tents? Am I remembering that correctly? Or is that coming tents? up? Oh, that, the temp, the temples, temples. Yeah, yeah. He buys the temples. Okay. Uh, and a lot of this is coming back to me right now. Yeah. It is interesting how because the cartel guys are hiding in his room here. Is that what's happening? Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's interesting how they are like not. An on-screen presence, really. Like, you know that they're around and they're following, but we don't see their point of view ever. You don't see their point of view, but what's great, too, is when you really think about it, and maybe it's just a recent phenomenon, you know, with cartels being the point focal point of a lot of popular TV shows, yeah. but think about it that a drug cartel is after <laughs> Llewellyn, and not only do you not get their point of view, they don't even seem like a threat. That's what is like amazing of what Anton Chigurh is, is that right. the cartel is not really a threat where you're not really fearful. That's you, how fearful or how much fear Anton Chigurh. I mean, you don't think they're a threat. Yeah. That, but that, that's, Things turn out. Yes, but that, that's what I'm saying, though, is you don't have that, that like, oh, th- this is that. That's how heavy Anton Chigurh is, is that it kind of makes the cartel seem like a joke. Yeah. And I know we get a scene with Woody Harrelson kind of giving some background on Chigurh, but I'll be curious to see what the details of that are, because I don't, I don't remember all those details anymore. You only get a little bit, but I will tell you this right now, and it was the same thing when I first saw it. I, Woody Harrelson, I just immediately I start smiling on screen, because uh, I, there's almost nothing that Woody Harrelson does that I don't enjoy in terms of roles that he's been in, and he just brings a lot to so many performances. I mean, I, I agree. I like Woody Harrelson. There have definitely been movies that he was in that are not my thing. There's he, was not. In, he was in the, the the Hunger Games movies. Yeah, but okay, they weren't not, my thing. But the, I, I guess what I'm saying is that almost if Woody Harrelson's in it, he's bringing something that I think is entertaining. From I'm a big fan of Woody Harrelson. I am too. I'm not saying I don't like Woody Harrelson, but I've and, seen I've seen him in role in movies and in roles where I was like, ah, whatever. I mean, any actor is going to do that many parts. 
He's in a lot of movies. He is in a lot of movies. He's had a good career. War for the Planet of the Apes. He was fine, but nothing. The, the like movie it. wasn't great. Yeah, it was all right. I, I there and there are times that I'm disappointed that I think that the movie will be better, but many roles he elevates beyond what what he's given. Oh, Woody is great. There you go. Here, here's here's the uh, tent pole he's going to buy. Okay. Oh, so it was a different store. Okay. Yep. Oh, Gage. You need shells? Yeah, double off. Before he only yeah, needed socks. Now he needs boots. weaponry yeah, and tent poles. Tent poles. There we go. Mm-hmm. You already have the tent. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Well, you give me the model number on the tent, I can order you the poles. Uh, never mind. I want a tent. Well, what kind of tent? One. Kind with most poles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, what I, I mean, I'm not sure it's like they ever really establish it, but I do like how sharp and smart Llewellyn is. Yeah, every character in this movie, with the possible exception of Woody Harrelson. <laughs> but even he, uh, yeah, th- this is a movie full of smart people yep. making mostly good decisions. And good and things, like logical decisions. Things yep. still don't work out for a lot of them. Yep. <laughs> it's sort of one. I, ca- I like that too. That it just why this makes no sense. <laughs> right. I'm trying to talk you out of this. Yeah, it's justified. It I mean, is justified. She, she understand? Just you know what? Take his money. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that is very kind of uh, kind of a country motel of like you know they're not trying to squeeze every penny. No, out that's it. exactly. They're not trying to jam you. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they let him choose his room. I don't know if I've ever been in a hotel where they're like, what room do you want? Tell, you tell us what room you want. I certainly have gotten them at times where, you know, I might be able to pick and say, definitely bed type for sure. And then oh, right. not it's a room near, type, but not the room, like the individual number. Individual number, no. I've had it where they might offer me a certain floor or not buy an elevator, but an actual, they've got a map and let me pick a room, right. no. But most of the time I'm in hotels, they go up, not <laughs> yeah, yeah. out. This is just a family-owned motel, probably. Do you think he... Now I'm thinking about the logic of this. Do you think he pushed the money that far back so that in case he he needed to, he could get to it from the other room? Do you think he thought that far ahead? Because isn't that what's happening here? Yeah, that that ultimately is what's happening right. here, which is really clever in, in the script. And again, I don't know if it's in the book. I don't... Free HBO in 1980. That's got to be a nice perk. Sorry. Go yeah, ahead. I was going to say that actually. I'm not sure how cheap this motel would really be. <laughs> HBO. HBO I think is brand HBO new. HBO is not cheap now. I'm sure it was super expensive yeah, back then. Sorry. Back back to uh, what uh, were you saying? I interrupted. Yeah, you. I'm not sure. I, I think because he's got the rope on there and there's a lot of rope. So I don't think it was planned that way. But I think him being a smart when he pulls up and he's and he sees uh, something's not right here. Yeah. That's when he comes up with plan B, which is I need to. <laughs> I need a tent with a bunch of poles. Meanwhile, the bull in the china shop approach is becoming a little different. It is great because it really is just the polar opposite of approaches between these two. And 
in their own way, each are effective for a long time. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I think why this movie is fun is just these, it, it's this like, it is, it is almost like an action movie kind of a, a dynamic. It's like Demolition Man or something where yeah. it's like, you've got the one character and the other character and they're both the best at what they do and they're chasing each other and, yeah, in a way. Exactly. And it's building to a, a, a conflict, you know, a, a confrontation between the two of them. Uh, it's just um, instead of <laughs> the look that he gives. <laughs> yeah, instead of heads up by uh, instead of, <laughs> instead of Stallone kicking Wesley Snipes' head off, you get a much more uh, realistic uh, and satisfying. Yeah, I I like the attention to detail though that you're they give us so much of <laughs> of what Llewellyn is actually doing and like building it cause right. That, well, they, both of them, because, a, because uh, you know, uh, Shigur is, he got a room, he wants to see the layout of the room before he goes yep. into the actual room. Like, yep. both of the... the They're the, really the, smart. The, thing, the thought process going through all this, and that that I remember being a lot from the book of, it's very procedural in the same way that this movie is. I think I think a lot of this stuff is from the book about the, right, the fans. Well, then maybe I won't give him as much credit, but I... Sh- Showing scenes and details like that of kind of the assembly. Well, the thing is, in a book, it's very easy to describe someone's thought process. You just write it. Right. Oh, he thought about the, the layout of the room and where he, where the bag is. He, he's, you know? he's measuring like basically the thickness right now of right. the walls are. Yeah, to have to show it without any like narration or. Yeah, and we know it's it is. I mean, I think this is way harder than in a book. I, I mean. You can write whatever you want. He, you know, like I said, I mean, no, you're, to show it visually, and it's, it's, it is communicated perfectly. We know exactly what both of them are doing. Yep. Neither one of them is explained verbally it's not explained what they're doing. That, that's, and think about, like, how much screen time. I mean, we, I didn't go down and look at the, the counter, but how much screen time right now? There's been no dialogue. Yeah. And you're right. It's somewhat probably because it's based on a book, and you probably get in their point of views yeah, and the yeah. discussion of it. But and that's some of why the visual medium sometimes is great. This is great to just see them act this out. And not say anything. This is—I bet you this is probably like two and a half or three minutes of screen time with no dialogue. Because well, even when, more than that. even when he picks the hotel room, he gives that look of disdain. He never says anything because right. they establish right the map and they show the map. The they yeah. show him. That's it. Yep. Yeah. And in the scene earlier where Llewellyn is picking the room, you already know kind of that it's a shortcut. They don't need Shigura to yeah. say anything. And this is like pure filmmaking. Yeah. And this is the kind of thing like you know, just recently it won't be that recent when this goes up, but you know, recently there was the whole dust up with like Scorsese saying Marvel movies aren't cinema. Yep. And I know what he means. Like I people like got up in arms, but it's like Marvel movies don't have this level of kind of cinematic storytelling and like the technique of all this of telling the story purely through cinema, purely through the shots and the choice of you know, like the audio scape that yep. it's 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 using and the editing, and it's like, you know, there's well, no some, Marvel movie that is as cinematic as this, which is just a guy with a pole in a vent, you know, <laughs> a, a, a million guys punching each other and planets exploding. <laughs> this is a million times more cinematic. It's a guy with a the, yeah. reaching into a vent and and a guy with a. This is a little more cinematic. You know, this is, oh yeah, that's rough. It is. A nice pause by Lou. Yeah, oh, man, something's I, happening. I, I might have been right, and I really need to move. Yeah. Yeah, we talk. We talk a lot. I couldn't remember if someone was there or not. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But yeah, we talk a lot about, uh, obviously, considering we do a body count of, like, I know we've we've had this discussion on the podcast of, like, violence on screen without any consequence and how we kind of think it's maybe worse than, I mean, this is very realistic. Yeah. Well, this this is a brutal moment. Yeah, I forgot about this. In some way, yeah, and what's funny is it's somewhat worse because in some ways it's so brutal that Shigura doesn't even want to see it. That he, right. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean this, it's this somewhat is pra- very realistic in it, a way that is tough to watch because it's like real violence is – it should be horrifying. And, I mean, this is pretty, this is pretty rough. Now, I'm going to say is that the visual is that he closed – the, the realism, realism is he doesn't want the blood splatter well, on right. him. But, you know, in some ways it's like it for the audience it is so yeah. rough that – even Shigeru, no, I can't see this. No, it's totally for the audience. Yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, it's obviously both things. It's right. it's pulling double duty. Well, now that we're past that shootout, I'm going to get another beer. <laughs> All right, I'll see if I can carry it. <clears throat> There's going to be a lot less going on on screen, so you're going to have to uh, fill. Man, in some ways I wish we had counted not only the timer but then i mean you have that brief exchange between shigura and the cartel member inside the the shower and that's all the dialogue i mean this is an amazing amount of and you're you already discussed it about being cinematic this is an amazing amount of time to have no dialogue in a movie and i'm i'm it is cinema because i'm still 100 percent invested and i I'm at like on the edge of my seat. Obviously, not as much this time through because we know what happens because I've seen it enough times. But the first time I saw this movie, you're like on the edge of your seat, and you get like probably. I bet you, you're right. It's probably like five minutes. Yeah. You even get a new character here. I mean, I know he's not in much, but Llewellyn's ride. You still don't have any dialogue. (laughs) Right. Everything is visual. It's basically it's functionally a silent film. Like, I'll bet, I mean, you you could very easily, there's so little dialogue that you could get away with just having intertitles, you know, driving, 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 then just, just text dangerous, you know, and then. Ah, uh, uh, here we go. Yeah, here, here comes Woody. And it's actually both, because you got Stephen Root, too, who I absolutely oh, love. Oh, right, I forgot Stephen Root was oh, in this movie. And he's great, and Barry, Stephen Root is great in so many things. He's in a million things. He was in, uh, not Us, what's the, what was the, the one before Us? Um. Get out. He's get, get out. out. Yep. Oh, he's been in a million things. Yeah, office space it takes so long to go through. Love him and Barry, though. He's great in everything. Now, Woody Harrelson is from Texas. Yep, that I know. That hat is perfect on Woody Harrelson too. So the cartel hired this guy to hire Woody Harrelson. That's what's happening here. Uh, well, or I is think it the buyer from the cartel? See, the thing about it, the plot almost doesn't matter, but because I've never really been clear on who was working for who. <laughs> That's a very Texan uh, pronunciation of what. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. 
No, I think he's the legitimate portion of the cartel's business. I mean, I mean Stephen okay. Root's character, and they're bringing in Carson because <laughs> who they've hired is just going and doing whatever he wants because right. he's a force of nature. Yes. Could you validate my parking ticket? <laughs> <laughs> An attempted humor, I suppose. No, I'm sorry. Okay, so so you know, the, I uh, counted the floors of this building from the street, and there's one missing. We'll look into it. It's <laughs> a weird moment. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, so the cartel hired Anton Chigurh, and he went rogue. And but he was in custody at the beginning of the movie. So when did they? Would they? I mean, it seems like he's just kind of doing whatever. He, he has just decided to insert himself into this whole situation based on nothing. It feels like, anyway. I, I guess I always had interpreted it that they had hired him just off screen. Because they, they bring him out, and when he, he wastes those two guys out in the desert, they're, right, they're okay. bringing him out to assess the situation. So he escapes from police custody, kills the guy by the side of the road, gets some gas, does not kill that guy, <laughs> then somehow gets in touch with the cartel and yeah. they hire him. Okay. Because, yeah. I mean, I assume that that's what his profession is, is right, is he's a gun for hire. Right. So. <laughs> this movie is just nothing but hotels and motels. Yep. <laughs> I'm just watching now. Like, yeah, wow, this is every scene almost. It's transient the whole way. You know, it's tough, too, because I haven't seen this too many times. I still always say, I just want Llewellyn to get away with it. Yeah. I mean, you're supposed to feel that way. That's what they want you to feel, and and that's why it's so horrifying when he doesn't. He does put up a good fight, though. Especially this this sequence with Shigeru. This this is a great action sequence. This, This is the sequence that I think of as, like... The movie as as why I picked this instead of Fargo of like this feels like an action sequence it, like it yeah. does and it <laughs> that I, his moments of like when he can't sleep because of the water mm-hmm. he is he's just sharp Like the fact that the movie's taking time to just let's, we're just watching him open up a briefcase, right? They could have just cut to that that shot. No, we gotta sit and, and I mean I, live with it. I mean it, it it totally works. I'm not being critical. I'm just it's interesting and like lazy lazy screenplays and maybe this was in the book too. I don't know, but lazy screenplays would have had him say something like so obvious, like oh there must be a track you know a tracking device or something. It's like no, let it. Pl- yeah. It's a movie. Let it play out, right? Yeah, what, I forget the. Director who said, "You know, give the audience two, two and two. They will come. They will arrive at four. You don't right. have to give them four. And so we get this entire sequence of him, you know, looking through, trying to find it. I like the detail. I just noticed that they didn't cut up hundred dollar bills. <laughs> they they put a lot of ones on there because they didn't want to cut up the hundreds. And you know what it makes me think is that how many? What if they did that with a bunch? What if there's a bunch of hundreds or dollar bills buried in there? What if there was actually ripped off? Well, at that point." I would I would hope that whoever was buying these drugs told the cartel, listen, just in case something goes wrong, oh, we put a tracker in there. That might be, yeah. Um, so you're going to see some ones in there, but that should be the only you know, <laughs> That's the only what, batch. You're going to sneak some ones in, the, the, in payment to the cartel? Like, they're, gonna, they're not going <laughs> to take time. I was going to say, it won't go over well. No. So I would assume that's the only... You know what's funny is until we were doing... I missed that detail of I, yeah, the I never, ones. Yeah, I never noticed it until just watching it here. 
Even if I had before, I doubt I would remember with my memory. Maybe I remember. Maybe I noticed it five years ago, and I just don't remember. Well, it's a nice detail. Yeah. Because you're right. Sense. Logically, yeah. I'm not going to destroy a couple of thousand dollars yeah. to put the tracker in it. Totally. I forget. Do we know exactly what num- what amount is in there? We just know it's a lot of $100 bills. So. Yes. I don't I don't remember if, if you ever get it. If they said, we probably talked over it. You're right. You're going to have a problem uh, sinking because there's so much silence in this movie. I'll try to find spots where there's audio so that uh, hopefully people can get an okay sync. At this point, why even stay here? Because whoever's tracking you knows you came here, at least. So check check out or don't check out. Just leave. You got pretty and bunny. You can waste, you know, a day of uh, hotel. (laughs) He's going to stay here? I agree, but I think isn't the problem he thinks that they're already there. Oh, sure. That's the reason why. I think he just, he's afraid he can't escape. Yeah, because don't you get the tracker sound here? Is that how I think they review? Yep, there it is. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why this is so outstanding. How much that you get without any dialogue. <laughs> yeah, this is this is so compelling that we're not talking. <sighs> right. This is a tough one to do commentary on because we just want to watch the movie. Oh. <laughs> it's, Man, I yeah. mean, right. It's just so awesome. And he turns out the lights. He he hears the gun yeah. click. I'm just going to go turn out the lights. Good luck finding me. And every, every, I mean, that's such an escalation. Just turning off a light. He probably just unscrewed the bulb. Like Every one of those steps raises the stakes like, like a thousand yep. times. Again, like... <laughs> For all his Thanos uh, grandeur in the Avengers movies, like this, this affects. This is so much more tense and so much more riveting, to right? Me and more compelling in so many ways. Yeah, nothing against the Marvel movie. I liked Endgame a lot. But yeah, it's I, like this. This is a this is one of the great films. And Endgame, for, for as much people like it now, in fifty years, no one will remember it. You're probably right. I mean, look, there's certainly visual stuff in in that, but I'm not sure it's visual storytelling. This is visual storytelling, right? I, I certainly have forgotten, oh, man, like moments like the turning off the light. I don't remember that. That's yeah. amazing I detail. Didn't, I didn't remember that either. <laughs> of how and we, smart Shakur is. And we haven't seen Shakur at all, right? No. I mean, yeah, we, he's totally this, in the shadows right now because mm-hmm. he's, he's a force of nature. And the confidence didn't have no music in this movie. Yep. You know, like you could very easily see, he, like, see a version of this movie where it's like, Oh, tense, like strings, you yep. know, kind of like playing up the tension. Like, it's tense enough. You don't need it. That Exactly right. And I think it would just be a distraction, honestly. Yeah. And there's sometimes that the score does add things, but in this, maybe it's just because we've seen it without it. But I think it would distract and take you away from the visceral, like, intensity. But I, I think there are very few filmmakers that would have the confidence to not play music, like, you know, tense score underneath all this. And it would make the movie worse. There's no doubt about it. This poor guy. (laughs) Man. 
Yeah. And you still haven't seen Shigeru. Yeah, this is terrifying. Like I, is? I know what is going to happen in this movie. I don't yep. remember every detail, but you know, I've seen I. this movie before, and I am like, I'm like tense. Like my my muscles are hurting. I'm tensing up. And what's funny is I, it's like so much of this stuff I don't I don't remember, but that's very realistic too of not being able to see and lose control. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> now that just reminds me of the gorilla from Zookeeper crashing into the car. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, but honestly, how long has this been? And it's a great tense shootout sequence you have not seen shigura right. i don't remember i didn't remember that but now doing this commentary that is an amazing choice it is i mean it's like not showing really not showing the shark almost at all what well, also i think it just shows how important point of view is because yeah. we're just getting this sequence entirely from llewellyn's point of view we're not getting anton's uh, point of view at all You're right I, it's, it's why this is so terrifying and it, it, it's only terrifying for one of these characters right so we should stay with the character who is and, and it reminds me of actually the perspective of uh, when Nolan made Dunkirk. He didn't want to show the Germans because what he was sure it, it, the Germans didn't matter. What he was trying to to show is what the fear was of the the soldiers that were at Dunkirk of trying to evacuate. Yeah, because no, the enemy it didn't matter to the actual soldiers there. It's like it's irrelevant. Who cares who the enemy is? I just need to get out of here. No, that's a good comparison. And so I didn't t- I didn't love Dunkirk, but you're right. That's that's similar. No, well, some of the reasons I liked this because the enemy is really time, and so from sure. like Nolan's perspective, it's like it, showing the Germans is irrelevant, right? Because time is really what they were up against. Yeah, yeah, and it's very similar here because of the fact that Sugar is barely a character. He's yeah. the he's the force of nature, like you're saying. It's like he's he's even here when he's you you kind of turning the tables, but. But not really. Yeah. You, st- you still at every point think that Llewellyn is just toast. Yeah. I don't even remember how this sequence ends. Uh, I, 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 that I train, I think, winds up separating them is what I think oh, it is. Right. And it's set up pretty quick, you know, pretty early there with the, in the background, the train. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I guess I'm wrong on that. I thought I remembered some kind of train moment, but yeah, I could be wrong. I don't know. Oh no, that's right. He makes his way over the border here. He pays uh pays some kids for their jacket. Oh right, and for their beer. Yep. I'll take the beer too. Because I think right now he he's gonna chuck it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember this moment with these kids. That's this is a great moment too. A lot of uh, very kind of. Westerny movies using the border and like a hole kids crossing over the border because <laughs> this is that moment in Logan right where he's driving some like a bunch of idiots across the border. Yep. And th- th- that has a very similar tone to this movie in terms uh, of like a modern western. I'm kind of regretting now not putting that one on the list. That probably would have been fun to. That do. That would have been fun to do. That's another. That's up there with High or High Water of like the last five years or so of some of my kind of f- favorite movies. Honestly, I think Logan would have been better if it didn't have the comic book bag at baggage hanging on to it i think it would have been better just change all the characters names and take away the psychic professor x stuff i mean that would have been you right. make it more real i think it would have been one of the greats it's, i think the fact that it's a, an x-men movie harms it i think in, in some ways it may but it also i do enjoy having a version first of all a patrick stewart version but certainly a version of professor xavier that's cursing yeah there's something about that that i do enjoy there is a little bit of a, 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 a and it is fun but 
But I hear keep you. keep the cast, change the character names, and make it more of a grounded story. I got to tell you, I mean, I'm certainly not party a partier that would have went down to. <laughs> but I mean, if I'm one of those, I'm like, I look at this guy. I'm yeah. no way, man. Hey, money's money. You paid him for it. It's true, but that kid had a shirt that said "draft beer." It just says "draft <laughs> beer," just to communicate that these are some like frat guys. <laughs> That is shorthand, right? Heading down to Acapulco for the night. Or no, this is Texas, so where would they go? Where would they be going? Warren? I guess Juarez, right? Uh, yeah. You don't want to go into Juarez for a party? This doesn't seem like a place at the border where you would be crossing the border to have, like, party time. Maybe they're going, I mean, there's plenty of things you could probably get in Mexico yes. that you can't get in the U.S. or not as easily. Yes. So, I'm, yeah, that's probably what's going but on. But I, I don't know if they're crossing over, like, yet. Yeah, El Paso, I'm... That's Juarez, right? The other yeah. side? Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially now. I don't know. Well, in 1980, maybe it, was, it wasn't it was as different. bad? No, yeah, it was a lot different. Yeah. I mean, certainly there there was uh, marijuana was, was coming over even from the cartel, but it was not like today. But some of it's because the cartels have been splintered so much. It's similar, unfortunately, like gangs in Chicago. Right. The smaller the, you know... Yeah, the less organized in some way, ironically, the crime is the the more destructive it is yeah. when you're battling for territory. Totally. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, coincidentally, although the timelines don't line up, but uh, um, Josh Brolin's character from uh, Syriana may have contributed to his woes here. Oh. <laughs> he break, breaks <laughs> up the cartel. Not uh, not, or not Sicario. Sicario, Sicario yeah. You're right. Syriana is very different. But yeah, you know, you knew what I meant. I love this like concept too that. <laughs> He he's looking pretty rough around the edges, but basically because he's b- walking back to the states and he's white, yeah, just let him go. I know. No, he's going into Mexico. Oh yeah, you're right. And he goes down to get treated. That's right. Right. That's why they let him go. Is because right. they don't check anybody going that direction. <laughs> <laughs> this does just feel like such a different movie. Yeah. Still feels like a Coen Brothers movie. Oh though. yeah, this is the but, kind of like absurdist touch yes. that this is very Coen Brothers. Just waking up and there's just <laughs> a mariachi, yeah, band. mariachi band. And the same thing with these guys. I'm like, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm I'm talking to this guy. He, he looks pretty bad. But they got what they you know You're were looking right. for because oh, a white guy. He probably has money. Let's play and see if he'll give us some money. You know, I'm sure that's what was happening there. He does, but it's a bloody hundred dollar bill. Yeah. This is an or this is a really good sequence too, of yeah. like the realism of him having to deal with a very real problem and in a, in a practical way. Yeah, and and I feel like a lot of movies that are like this that are so procedural that are just like okay, what would you do in this situation? They very rarely have the like the visceral impact that this movie does. Like they can sometimes feel kind of kind of antiseptic, not to make a pharmacy <laughs> pun. But, um, you know... It was the Bad Puns podcast at one point, so that's appropriate. Yes. That time, I at least I caught my... I was about to inadvertently make a pun, and then I went like, oh, I'm going to do the Just thing. Just go for it. Yeah, I should at least acknowledge it. I like this, too, though, because I... I that... Because up until this point, I've used Force of Nature, but he just seems indestructible. I do like that we finally have established that he still is a human being. And yeah. he's not a, like a comic book character. And there's there's stakes for him too, even though he seems indestructible. Yeah, but I, I do think that he's very unfazed by all this, even though he's injured. I, 
right. He's just like, okay, well, I guess I'll just blow up this car and, you know. Like, I'll he, go get the supplies I need. Yeah, he doesn't seem like, there's no desperation in any of these actions. He's just very methodical about it. So he's still, he's still like, inhuman in a way, yes. at least in the way that he's portrayed. Yeah, these days you can't just open up somebody no. else's gas tank. Well, you know what's funny? You can, on uh, my wife's car, you can. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's not good. Does the cap at least have a lock on it or something? There's no cap. There's no cap at all. What? It's just open? Yeah. It just you, you open up the 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 yep hatch on the car and it just goes. It's just an open hole. Yep. That's not good at all. I, <laughs> I thought I thought cars. How, what year is her car? Not to get too much into it. Uh, 2013. That's crazy. You would think they the no car after like 1997 now would there, have that. There's probably something like inside that you have to like you know insert. I I don't know what's on the inside of it that. There may be like an internal cap, if you will, that oh, it'll only allow a, a, something going in, you know, you know, so like to actually insert the the um, right, whatever. We're, we're the, spending the too much time on fuel hose, yes. yes, whatever. But no, yeah, it does not have a gas cap. I believe when I saw this movie in theaters, I worked for a pharmacy, and I, that that uh, I had a different reaction than I do now. <laughs> it felt more, it felt more personal than it does now. I can understand that. Now, I, these days, I don't mind. I, I, I take a certain amount of glee in watching a pharmacy being robbed. <laughs> I won't say uh, which one, but the corporate headquarters are in the Chicago area, which <laughs> probably narrow it down for you. Especially because there's really only three pharmacy companies yeah. in the United States, and one of them barely exists. So, Which, yep. one, which one? Rite Aid? Yeah, they barely exist anymore. Well, the Walgreens bought Rite Aid, so there's really no, only- no. They only bought a certain number of stores. Okay, I thought they bought all of them. Uh, they they tried, and then antitrust concerns. Oh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know that detail. I thought yeah. they, no, they didn't, they didn't buy them all. So I, there I, are I, still I some Rite Aids, but very few. Well, now we've we, <laughs> there's no no point oh, in like yeah. keeping it a secret now. Whatever, no one cares. Only I care. Man, I wonder how much dialogue Javier Bardem has in this movie. Not a lot. I mean, I think the that one scene actually with the quarter that yeah. that's like that's the bulk friendo. Of it. it still makes me laugh. Every yeah, time. friendo is definitely uh, a word. That- and what's funny is we just came back to Tommy Lee Jones. I was just going to say, how long have we been gone yeah. from Tommy Lee Jones? I mean, that's a long time, right? Well, that's kind of what I was getting at is I think other movies we, we like, I think we do this sometimes, you know, it, we're obviously like mostly joking when we declare someone the Zeus of the movie where it's like, oh, they're off doing their own thing and they don't have a lot of impact on the plot. And, you know, it would be easy to describe him as that. In some ways, yes, but the plot wise, yes, but thematically he's so important. Thematically he's important, but also his... Uh, his time with Carla Jean is very important. I, I, well, when we get there, I'll, I'll have to I'll the re- really remember because he, he basically he tries to like talk some sense into her, and she puts him on the path for Llewellyn. So I, for the mo- you're right. The plot if if you removed the sheriff, it the plot doesn't change. I mean, he does kind of fit the bill of like he's off, not directly involved in the plot, <laughs> commenting on it, but. 
It's, it would be an oversimplification to yeah, because in, but in lump some ways in it, with Zeus from Hercules in New York. Right, but, but it's also because he's, while the two of them are chasing each other, he's then shadowing and chasing them. He's just always a step behind. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah, he's, he's a sheriff. Except he kind of is, isn't he? Isn't isn't what what Woody Harrelson was only trying to stop Shagor from going from running amok? That's what he's been hired to do, actually. Okay. is to stop him because he's he's going to cut. He's trying to cut a deal with him here. Yeah, boy, like. <laughs> <laughs> Like the plot details, I have sugar. Sorry, I I forgot about that sugar. Yeah, you're right. I I was wrong to talk over that. That is a funny moment. Sugar. Um, But I was just going to say, I have like no recollection of the details of the plot of this movie at all. And I'm sure in two years, I will once again forget all the details of the plot. (laughs) Well, that's kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, you can rediscover the plot the next time you watch. But it's not a plot that really makes an impact. You know, it's. it it kind of doesn't matter who was working for who or you know <laughs> it's funny I, watching the subtitles cuz it's like i'm sure all that flew well, just went one one ear not the other when i saw this and last. i i love that like there may be a reason why carson knows some i love that he knows that much about weldon so he's either <laughs> really worldly i just i i like I like, yeah. It's probably because I just like Woody Harrelson. Well, it might be just be this is an industry that is very widespread in Texas. A lot of people learn to be. weld. Yeah, cause it's just because for whatever reason that's something that. And the rest of it just sort of blew it in. How do you know he's not on his way to Odessa? Why would he go to Odessa? Kill your wife. Maybe he's the one who needs to be worried about me. Me isn't. <laughs> You're not cut out for this. You're just a guy who happened to find those vehicles. The fact that Woody has flowers here. <laughs> it just uh, all you of a sudden know, struck me as funny. Oh, I, you know that Carson, he's got some sense of humor on him without a doubt. Oh, yeah. He is the opposite of Anton Chigurh in that way. You know he's... Uh, the subtitles say sugar still. Oh, no, because Llewellyn says sugar, too. He's not going to do the Shigura. The way he's describing uh, anti sugar here is basically describing the Terminator. He can't be right. reasoned with. He can't be bargained with. You're right. He will not stop until you are dead. Yeah, I think maybe the reason, like, I feel bad I was bad-mouthing Woody Harrelson earlier, but I think the reason why I don't like him in certain roles is he's best when he has that glint in his eye and it seems like he's having fun. Like, in War of the Planet of the Apes, he's playing a military guy. He's like, that's no fun. 
I, like, you, cast Woody Harrelson in parts where he's have, oh. has a sense of humor and he's he's even in like Natural Born Killers. He's so, kind of like he's got that glint in his eye. Yeah. He's got like a sly smile. No, Zombie Land, right? It's to me like one of the perfect sure. roles. Yeah, yeah. Woody Harrelson was born for that. Yeah, no, totally. Is this a scene you were? In? Yeah. So I think that this matters. Maybe not necessarily to the plot, but. It impacts Carla Jean and ultimately also kind of gets him to to catch it. So he's not completely Zeus because of this scene, is I guess what I'm saying. Sure. I love movies that, or any kind of story that does this where there's a million little details that are like off screen. Like Charlie so-and-so, whoever he was just talking about, this movie didn't have to go into that much detail. Right. But like, you know, it, it creates a whole world that's spilling over the edges. <laughs> Beer bottles are spilling. <laughs> you well, know what? I, I, I'm, I hope... Uh, <laughs> tipsy mistake. Yeah, it's getting there. So, well, so I, I apologize if the end of this commentary is not as uh, <laughs> as clear and as uh, robust yeah, as the beginning. Well, I, even just that opening sequence where, uh, or the voiceover where Tommy Lee Jones' character talks about the old sheriff. I mean, he gives you a name, and yeah, know. exactly. Yeah, I love I love stories like that, or you know, we, you feel like there are details that are beyond the the edges of the story and edges of the frame. Star Wars is the first Star Wars is really good at that. Where it's just like. The Kessel Run and all this stuff. I mean, now everything's been every corner of that world has been filled in. <laughs> but you know, the first time that movie came out, and there's all these little details. You know, just, just like, you know, Jabba. You never see Jabba, but he's talked about a lot. And just, I, I like that in movies. Maybe because I'm, I grew up liking Star Wars. Yeah, where, but like, it's setting the table that there's a universe bigger than what you're right, seeing. It's not just a self-contained thing that there are other characters we're not seeing. There's a whole, you know, life is happening elsewhere somewhere. Just everyday life. You know, the guy who inherited the gas station from his father-in-law. You know, that's not a detail we need to know, but it's I like that. I like, I know, that I like to know that he married into it. Yeah, he married into it. That's how you want to call it. It's not how I want to call it. That's just how it is. Friendo. Oh, Carson. We hardly knew ye. So Anton Trigger just kind of hung out here. I think that's that. That's how I take it. Yeah, I'm sure all these details make sense when you deconstruct them. But like, somehow Sugar knew that Carson was coming. I don't know. Again, a lot of the stuff doesn't matter. But He's cl- he clearly isn't buying his own advice that it's the Terminator well, and you can't reason. <laughs> I, gotta I know try. you got to try, right? Yeah, he really never stood a chance. I mean, just immediately <laughs> caught not. off guard. I know with Satchel is. If you knew you would have it with you. I find it from the riverbank 
I know where it is. I know something better. What's that? I know what it's going to be. Where's that? Like Wayne Gretzky said. Be brought to me. Skate to where the puck is going to be. <laughs> At least under my feet. You don't know to a certainty. Twenty minutes, it could be here. I do know to a certainty. And you know what's going to happen now, Carson. You should admit your situation. There will be more dignity in it. You go to hell. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me ask you something. <laughs> I forgot about that. All right. If the rule you followed, Roger to this, of what use was the rule? Do you have any idea how crazy <laughs> you are? You mean the nature of this conversation? I mean the nature of you. You, you could have the money, Anton. This is something we've lost in, like... I mean, I guess this movie is set in 1980, so you can just set a movie in the... Well, yes, that. But, like, those kinds of phones that ring like that, they don't exist anymore. And, like, the way that that, like... You know, it's a startling thing to have this kind of a phone ring. If a cell phone went buzzed on a table, it's... Yeah, it's not nearly as startling. Not... We've just stopped talking now. <laughs> it's a, it, this this movie is so compelling, right? If you're not watching along with us, this whole <laughs> podcast is going to be silent. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Oh man! Well, we better pick something up here. I said in the last episode that we, you know, you're better off watching along to the movie than not. So I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I started that at the beginning of this episode. So, oh, thank you for reminding me, though. I forget this is radio. I'm not supposed to just be watching a movie right it's, now. Yeah, it's tough. Well, especially this, because you don't really get... This is the interaction you get between the two. That's true, yeah. And you spend most of the movie with these two. Essentially the only time. Yep. It's amazing how far behind they are. Yeah. That's like five scenes ago. (laughs) Yeah. It feels like forever ago, (laughs) too. it really does. 
Like, they don't even know about the hotel shootout yet, I would imagine. No. Oh, yeah, here you go. This is another one of those stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll hear a quote. Yeah, it's funny because it just, it, as much as he doesn't, as much as Tommy Lee Jones doesn't understand this world in 1980, I can't even imagine what I was just thinking this that. character honestly would think about what things are, things are like this in is just, 2019. This is just a depiction of a 75-year-old baby boomer watching Fox News all day and, uh, you know, like being horrified at the state of the world. That's just, you know, essentially what this this is. Or any news, like you know, just Facebook. Yep. You know, it, it's it's yeah, it it it's almost it's it's like uh, you know whatever. It, it, we're here to talk about the movie, not about uh, you know the state of the world. I don't think either of us is qualified to <laughs> you know make that, you know. I think I am, but that's okay. Kind of, oh, fine, fine. You can <laughs> you can comment on the state of the world, but it's it it, it almost feels like the world hasn't gotten worse. It's just the it could be the coverage, the sure. coverage, and yeah, the 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 access to, you know, like murders were happening a hundred years ago, but someone in Chicago would never know about a, a tragedy in Sri Lanka. Now we all know everything that happens everywhere in the world there, all the time. There, there's a lot of truth to that, but <laughs> that's this guy's question when he walks in. <laughs> But he looks like he's been through the ringer is how the boots are hanging, holding up. <laughs> you know, he wants to be sure that he got good customer service. I guess. I, I do kind of wonder how he made his way down there to, to get that, but... It's always good dealing with a mother-in-law that's not too happy with it. I did. I did think Carla Jean was in this more. I know she's got a couple of scenes still oh, yeah. still go, but the last one being the yeah. most important. Yeah. <laughs> there 
<laughs> nobody gonna bother her. She physically shows up in the movie later, right? Isn't, I, I seem to remember her being in. Yeah, because we a, see her. You, you get a little bit because she he actually actually has a great interaction with Shigura, a taxi cab. Okay, I don't remember that. It's coming up at the airport. Oh, uh, Stephen Root. <laughs> he didn't stand a chance either, and he's just done. Yeah, and then oh, this, you know, he's a guy that sits at a desk. Uh, you're right. Didn't have a chance. Man, the violence in this movie is very impactful. <laughs> yeah, there's not a ton of it, but like when when it's there, it. it yeah, it's not. This poor guy he really is nobody. He's just there talking deals. Like this guy has almost the same haircut, and everyone made a big deal about Sugar's haircut. It's like this uh, is the, just, just the kind of hair people had in 1980. Uh, the back is a little bit different, though. Yeah, like, I guess so. It, the back reminds me of actually Johnny Depp in uh, as Willy Wonka. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but sure. Yeah, I remember. I yeah I've that was seen more it. like a Bob or something. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Willy Wonka or of Johnny Depp. Uh, a little from Column A, a little from Col- actually I like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but the Willy the the well, tr- wait the the 70s movie is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate yes. Factory. Okay, you like that one? Yes, Charlie and the Ch- Chocolate Factory, is, which is closer is to the, the book that, and Ronald Dahl's vision, but I don't care. I much prefer the Gene Wilder version. Oh yeah, I I never saw the. <laughs> okay, here she is. Yeah, I remember her being funny. She's almost like Mama's family. <laughs> You're right. Like a, she is. <laughs> it's zero in case you're not watching. <laughs> well, if they're not watching, they probably aren't hearing this part anyway. So that's yeah. what it is. It's not Shigura. I, the, the the cartel yeah, okay, following yes, them has yes, a moment yes. with her. That's what I was remembering. You're right. It is Mama's it's family. Mama's family. But she goes by Mother, so it would be Mother's family. I mean, it certainly fits the time. It's so awful. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it would be unusual if a woman of this age in West Texas was not like that. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying it doesn't fit. <laughs> it's not but surprising. I hate to tell you, Carla Jean, it's not going to be in time. I mean, it doesn't seem like a smart thing to do, even if he didn't get if he did get there in time. Because if he gets there in time, he's going to be arrested. I would imagine. I would. Yes. I mean, I don't know. The crimes that he committed are not all that bad compared to Shigur, but you know, grand <laughs> larceny at the least. I'm not going to ask you if you're from around here because you're clearly not. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think this guy's doing? 
Texas is a big state. I don't know how how far of a distance El Paso is in oh. Dallas, but it, it well, El Paso is in West Texas. Dallas would be a long drive. Yeah, that's it's more east. Yeah, it, well, yeah, it, central, but yeah, yeah. east of West oh, Texas. Well, yeah, of El Paso. That one at least they didn't show you. But if the chickens are gone, that poor guy, yeah. he didn't make it. Well, it, it's. It's almost like the movie is less and less willing to depict the violence. Like the movie itself is like getting we, disgusted we've shown you by enough. it, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, the word the the, mo- the the violence that we should see that we don't coming up here is like the most obvious example of important plot related violence that we don't yeah. see here. But I think in some ways it's because they they make that choice. Because you this whole time you wanted to pull for a little while, and it's like you know what we don't want to show you that. Yeah, there's a Carl's Jr. back there. I never noticed that. Uh, neither did I. Did not either. Okay, Hardee's. There'd be a Hardee's around here. There was a Hardee's near my last job. It opened and closed in like four months. <laughs> it was the least successful restaurant I think I've ever seen in my life. It opened. I went there like ten times in the four months that it was open. I'd go there for lunch all the time. I love Hardee's. There wasn't enough of you. No, apparently. I was always empty. I was always the only one there. Yeah, we cut. We cut away from yep. that scene, and now suddenly, this character we've been following. I, I know a lot of people do not like this decision. It's like this, this choice. In oh, terms there's of Wendy's telling, too. Actually, oh, yeah. this is definitely a fast food strip. Well, but Wendy's is everywhere. Carl's Jr. is. Uh, I feel like they're rare, or like they're they're. They've become more rare. Let's talk about fast food while this scene <laughs> happens. Yeah, see, so all right, he pulls his gun out here. Okay, you're ready. And, and I think in when Shigura is behind uh, behind the door later. Call the police. Come to the police. I can I can see why people have an issue with. Making this choice of not showing I'm not on the radio. Llewellyn. But it's like it 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 drives home the arbitrary kind of nature of all this of like, you know, just because we like him and we're rooting for him doesn't make him safe from danger. You know what I mean? Like I think that's kind of what we're supposed to take from this. Yeah, and in some ways too, you know what it reminds me of, and maybe it shouldn't. Um from the wire, you know, you had one of I think almost everybody's favorite characters. The way that they ultimately finally choose yeah, to kill exactly the same. is very similar. And I, I can see, I thought that actually the choice was a, I don't, brave maybe isn't the right word, but I, uh, I, I don't, uh, I almost want to bleep that now because I don't want to spoil the wire for people. Oh, come on. <laughs> the wire's been out for like a decade. I know, but not a lot of people still haven't seen right, the wire. I, I don't fine. know how I'm going to handle this in give, post. Give but. me a bleep. But, at least now that we'll we'll finish I'll the bleep, conversation. I'll bleep the character's name. A right. character in the wire died in a similar way. Yeah, I will bleep who it is. Extremely similar. Ed Tom. I, I forgot. Yeah. yeah, we don't really get his name much in this movie. I, I don't remember Ed Tom. Green hair and bones <laughs> in their noses. <sighs> but I, I, I don't know how to take this stuff though, because it's like, 
I, in the sense of the violence, you can understand it, but like green hair and bones in their noses, you're obviously just two guys who are out of touch with culture, and you're, I think we're supposed to laugh at that. You're right in a certain way, but at the same time, it change whatever the culture changes are. I, I'm sure I'm probably not that far away. I've probably complained about things. And actually, you know what? I know I have. I'm 40 years old now. Yeah. Who are you and, kidding? Yeah, no, whatever. And I, <laughs> yeah. But there are things, it's, and it's, it's not that I think it's the end of times, but I, it's some of this, they're presenting it like it, you know, it's the end of times. And look, Texas is still going to stay a super conservative state for a long period of time. Sure. But like to them, it's not. But there's certain things with me. I kind of roll my eyes. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. That this is what it's become. So I, I think it's just human nature that you, you know, you think that certain changes aren't for the better, and you're concerned about what they mean for the future. Yeah. Sure. I was just complaining about Facebook. So believe me, right. I, no. I know. I know that I'm the same way. But it's like, it's yeah. interesting that it, it pairs. That which is, I feel like we're not supposed to be on their side, with a genuine concern for you know all of this violence and and like tragedy that he is faced with, which is clearly genuinely distressing. You know, there's a big delta between it is, but I, act, like murders and bones and noses and green it is, hair. But I, I, but in, I think in their minds and their views is that right? They think that they're connected. Yeah. Society that, is crumbling because of because of the green hair. Where we have all these, this death. Where the fact is, this is probably happening time immemorial. This, this, these, this kind of violence has always been happening. But if, as you said, that if you if you hadn't necessarily seen it, you don't know that it existed. It probably did, but yeah. when it's in your face, it's harder to avoid. I just think there's 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 a lot of dimension to Tommy Lee Jones's arc in this movie. You know, because I, I don't think the movie is le- just just saying here here's the moment. Yeah, it, I don't I, I I didn't remember this being there being a time gap. So like, oh, why is Shigeru still here? I, I my memory was that when oh Shigeru just got here, he's still been chasing. Him, oh right, because he doesn't he wasn't here the first time, right? right no, no, he wasn't. The cartel does all the damage. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. And, but he's still chasing because he's ultimately chasing Carla Jean and, and I think the money too. Because he probably he, he he thinks that Lou Ellen's got it. Yeah. Well, he did until very recently. Right. Yeah. Super intense. I mean, obviously, when you've seen it, you know how the movie ends. So. But again, he's even though he's been behind all this time, he he immediately knew that Shigeru was there. From the, I mean, he doesn't yeah. know that he's in the room, but he knew knew at one point he was there, and that he should be careful. I like the uh, subtitles made wanted to make it clear that the pipes were rattling softly. <laughs> I mean, whatever, it's closed captioning, so, you know, it wants to paint the picture, I guess. He sits down. Yeah, he does. He sits down here and has a moment. (laughs) 
Yeah, and the callback to the change that Shigeru used to yeah. open the vent in the, the last hotel, motel that well, didn't and, go and so just well. The fact that the last motel, he, he used the same trick twice. Yeah, you know, and we know exactly what it means. What why that uh, that vent is off. Yep. Oh yeah, and there's this scene too. Oh, I forgot this one. I feel like yeah, if my memory is uh, that that previous scene with the other sheriff. We're we're supposed to kind of roll our eyes at, whereas I think this is the one where it's more about real things and not green hair. Yeah. This actor I've seen in a lot of stuff. What's his name? Barry Corbin. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna look. Oh, him up. he's in. He's in. It's not a Schwarzenegger action movie. He's a. I think he's a, a heavy or a bad guy in. Yeah, I want to look up what else I know him from. Does have a lot of cats in there, that's for sure. I wish I could remember what he was in. I'm looking it up. There's a good concept, too, that is lost, right? They are keeping up with the family news via letter. Right. Yeah, the Facebook of its day. Yeah, that's right. Oh, right. This is the guy from War Games. Is the general in War ah, Games. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it wasn't an action movie, but I knew it was something fairly prominent. Colonel, I hope you like vodka. Yes, sir. I just hope they make, it, make me eat any of those damn fish eggs. <laughs> That's the line I remember from that. That is not the, most, the line that I remember from War Games. That always sticks in my mind for whatever. Yeah, he's in other stuff, but that's the thing I know him from. Yeah, like this. It's so smart to put this after the the that scene we just saw with that other sheriff about the green hair because like this is so much more personal. Yeah, it's the same conversation, but one is pointing the finger outwards, and this is all about like wh- you know what you have to face yourself when you get older, and it's you know this is like so much more genuine than the other guy who I think we're supposed to kind of roll our eyes at. I think you're right. This, 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 I mean, this is the movie way more so than the Shigur and uh, and Llewellyn stuff, and yeah. it just kind of the, the Llewellyn and Shigur stuff gets you to this point of. Yeah. So this is why I think you should watch The Irishman again because it's similar. I feel like the second half of that movie, <laughs> Mike, Mike is not he's not being mean, agreeable right you now. No, especially the second half. When in the second half you're talking about is. Like, just a movie, because it's an hour and a half, the second half. Well, yeah, I, I, that is a much longer movie, but I get similar vibes of just, like, it's about aging and about, you know, facing, you know, the the choices you made in your life. Like, that's what this scene's all about. I do get you on that. I Some of it is, I think, it's the hype. There's no way where the hype that I heard of how great it was. What I, hype? Where'd you hear hype? All All over the place. Are you kidding me? All over. The, you must just like avoid what, the internet. What? No, I'm on. I, I feel like I'm more online than you. I didn't see a ton of hype. As oh, far as I it. 
constantly hearing about it. Oh, Oscar, you know, contention before it had even been in theaters yet. And, you know, Rotten Tomatoes were like 98% or something. Come on. And it, it no, I, it, it is not that good. Well, okay. I disagree, but whatever. funny watching this now knowing that this is the guy from war games because that <laughs> performance is so boisterous and like <laughs> it's he's a just lot a different big blowhard loudmouth and it's, man his performance here is so quiet well he, he refined his craft over i guess so yeah. 30 years i don't know he may have actually been a great actor all the time i have no idea yeah that's an important line this country's hard on people that's an important line Yeah, that's, that's his one scene, I think, right? Yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's a great scene. Because I think it is. It's it's all you know. You got to look in in yourself. Like, don't blame people with green hair. <laughs> you made your own choices, and you you live. You know, you got to live your own life. Oh, Carla Jean! I wish you'd I, I wish you'd win this coin toss. Yeah. For for a while, I I thought it was supposed to be ambiguous until I kind of put put it together of like he checks his shoes and yeah it's we'll we'll get to that moment in a second but like I do like that it, I think it, I think it was partially just me not willing not being willing to accept you didn't want to accept that Carla Jean was gone yeah I mean honestly because I mean I yeah in a lot of ways I'm I'm annoyed by it. Because she never really had any stakes in this, and and his insistence in following through and tracking her, I just yeah. Oh, and she rightfully says, and we'll, we'll see in a second. Right. I'm just like you know, coin doesn't have a say. It's all you, and she has done nothing wrong. And th- this is you know, it's it's the arbitrary nature of all of this of Shigur's yeah philosophy, philosophy and decision making and all this. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's what Shigur represents. <laughs> Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, this scene just breaks my heart. Yep. She does knock it out of the park, too. Because she didn't ask for any of this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's nonsense. Yeah. His twisted code that... You know, <laughs> when you think the dialogue, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like a. I mean, this like, I don't know how to phrase it, but like you know. In a weird way, as as immoral as he is, it's almost the most ethical thing he can do. Of just like, well, I I made this agreement with you, or not agreement, but you know, I, I made this threat yeah. that I feel like ethically I must follow through. Given I have given, rules. The, given the nature of my occupation, yeah, it's 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 highly ethical and highly immoral. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's both things. 
Right. He thinks he's being generous here. Right. The best I can do. No, it's not. No, I mean, obviously, if she says it. I want you to get in that car wreck, and I want you to bite it in that car wreck. Yeah. I I actually do like that. I think that she assesses, like, she has no good options, so she refuses to give in yeah, his philosophy she's, she's to basically gonna, flip the bird to him. She's not going to legitimize it. Yeah. She just said, I mean, Coin doesn't have a say. It's all you. Yeah. And that's, that's the moment that yeah. breaks my heart is Coin don't have no say. It's all you. Um, it's funny is watching him there. Here's the moment. He checks his shoes. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't until at least the second time I watched this where it's like, oh, no, he checked his shoes, meaning yeah. there was blood on the floor. Um, yeah, I just got chills right there. Just uh, I, I, it's, it, I, I almost on. wish. I'm rooting for the car right here. <laughs> sure. But I, I missed my first viewing where I thought it was ambiguous yeah. that whether or not he died or she, she died. But I the, wish no, I I no, it's clearly not. Yeah, I, I just missed that. I did. I, about I at least shoes. appreciated the movie didn't show any any of it. Right? Yeah, that would have actually made me mad. It I think me, it's heart. It's more heartbreaking to not see it. Maybe it's less shocking. I mean, it would have been shocking to see her die, but. I think it's more emotional than not see Especially because I think the guy in the other car bites it. I hate this fact. Yeah. But again, it's like the cruel, you know, arbitrary nature of fate. It's like, that's oh, yeah, maybe, maybe you got his comeuppance. Nope. No, and, and in some ways, I mean, I think that's why the choice is made. It's because right. it is. It's, it's to illustrate that it, the arbitrariness of all, uh, all of it. He is pretty banged up, though. Yeah, but you know he's going to be fine. Like, he's, he was worse before when he broke into the pharmacy. I was going to say, like, it wasn't until just now that I remembered that uh, Javier Bardem played a Bond villain, played... Uh, oh, yeah, uh, and, um, not Inspector, in... In Skyfall. Skyfall, yep. Because, um, yeah, Sugar is so... Like, I, I don't see Javier Bardem... Maybe it is the hair, but uh, he's so fully inhabits this character that I forget it's Javier Bardem. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've seen this actor in other things. Bones sticking out of your arm. Certainly a difference between maybe it's just the age, but but this kid and the the frat boys who are just trying to get whatever they can. Well, but this kid takes this money, right? I think he does, but I, I, I think it's more that they're like freaked out and afraid of this guy more than anything. Well, sure, but it's like this whole movie is about like people who are like helpful and like charitable all get screwed over, and this kid is trying to uh, be helpful, and then he ends up taking the money and like doing what's best for you know being a little greedy about it. Yeah, I guess. How does he explain why he doesn't have a shirt? I guess it is summer. It's Texas so. in the summer. Yeah, yeah, he might not. <laughs> I do love that bickering between yeah. the two kids. But it's like Shigur has like tainted this this moment of charity. Now they yep. they're fighting over the money just the way that uh, Ellen right. was trying to take the money. But I, I think that's also some of the point is that like he like Lorne Malvo, like I said, with the sugar and the gas thing, he, this wasn't intentional. He wasn't 
he didn't intentionally do it, but that's just sure. Yeah. The, the, his nature. He's leaving chaos uh, uh, in his way. In his wake, right. That's how he is a force of nature. And the damage and destruction along right. that way. She's She's been in stuff, too, and now I'm not going to remember what. Yeah, I recognize her. Tess Harper? I look it up. I don't, I don't know if we're going to talk much over this this ending speech by Tommy Lee Jones. is just incredible. Yeah, I think I'm going to get out of the way. I, again, the, the, the courage and the, the confidence to end their movie with this and not the previous scene, which you'd think any other director would do that. It's like the Coen brothers know, like they're more they're more interested in the theme than the plot or like like of any other filmmakers, like they're they're making a movie that has a like a a message not a message like a political message or a social message but it's just it's about something. Yep. And Secondly, the fact that this is the final scene. It's like we was both back in the older times, and I was a horseback going through the mountains for the night. Going through this pass in the mountains, it was cold and there was snow on the ground. He rode past me and kept on going. Never said nothing going by. Just rode on past me. Jesse Pinkman's mom. That's right. Yeah. His head down. When he rode past, I seen he was carrying fire and a horn the way people used to do, and I, I could see the horn from the light inside of it, about the color of the moon. And in the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. That's an amazing way to end a movie. You know, it, it, in the end, it's about an old man facing death, you know, yeah. and not about all the gunfire and money and, you know. It's not. An, you know, I, I forget to part of that, but w- w- that scene and the ending uh, resonated with me when I first saw it and still does. Is that The line of that, you know, how, however old Ed Tom, which, man, that's that's weird to say Ed Tom is, you know, the line that he, you know, is older than his father now, I, it's it's weird for me at 40, but my dad died when he was really young. He was 36. And so there's like parts of me that it's like, this is weird that I'm at this point, like my dad didn't like get to this point. I'm not that look, it's super young, but the concept of like, I'm doing things, whatever in my life that my dad never got to is, is just jarring and weird. It's a little more relevant when you're in your, you know, sixties or seventies. Yeah. But just the concept, like I'm somewhere where, you know, in my case, it's only one of my parents, but I'm somewhere where one of my parents didn't make it to, and kind of like, I don't know, it, it's yeah. jarring and weird. Like, what, what does come after this, and like, what is the future? Yeah. You don't have that example, right? You know, so totally. I, I don't know. It, it, some of the things that sometimes that I think about is like, I, you know, I don't. Maybe my dad would have been bald, right? So maybe I'll be. I don't know. It's just, it, it's jarring. <laughs> I and think it, you'll be safe. Yeah, to be, whatever. To be honest with you, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah I not get not that. to trivialize what you're saying. No, but it, it's things like that that it's just it's weird to be to basically live longer than your parents did. And I know yeah. m- many many people do. 
and it's more jarring for me just because it was that I'm still at it young. I'm not Tommy Lee Jones age, but I understand where he's coming from. Is that it's 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 weird to be at a point that your parents didn't make it to. Yeah, I mean, it, regardless of your your personal circumstance, I mean, it's a movie about you know aging and facing your own mortality, and right. and, and uh, you know, I could I could see how in your particular instance that would you know you you would feel that. I mean, I I feel like this is a movie that is only going to get better as as we age as viewers. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you know, you see a movie. And you have a different reaction when you're in your 20s versus your 30s or 40s or older. You know, I, I mean, I don't know. We're only in our early 40s, so I don't know how I'm going to react to this movie at a later age. And, you know, but, well, you're not going to like green hair and bones in your noses, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I, I don't have a problem with green hair and bones in people's <laughs> nose now, so I, I don't know. You think when I'm 60, I'm going to be very anti-green hair and bones and noses? Uh, you know what? I think so. Maybe I'll be the one with the, you might, the actually, bone in my nose. Maybe, maybe you'll have seen the current version of the Joker and you decided, oh, I need green hair and a bone <laughs> no, in my dude, nose. That's make, that makes it less likely I'll have green hair and bone in my nose. <laughs> I don't have any hair to tint green anyway, so if you're speaking of, of balding, <laughs> can I, I just, know for sure I don't have hair. So Can I just add one thing? I love that the Amazon suggestion of next up after we've watched this is Mel uh, Gibson's well, that's, Hamlet. That's more about my viewing habits because I... <laughs> I watched ha- I watched half of that recently. Oh, okay. So right, I, I'm, I they're telling me, hey, you should watch the rest of it because you never I finish it. I much prefer the Kenneth Branagh uh, version of Hamlet. I also I've never seen the the Mel Gibson one, which is why for whatever gotcha. reason I decided to watch it. Okay. I only watched like half of it. All right, so that uh, that was No Country for Old Men. That was No Country for Old Men. So uh, it, yeah. is, it still is great. I've not seen it in a while. It is a great movie. I'm glad we did this. I you know what. I, I really love it. I I don't know if it would be my top five Coens, but it would be. I mean, it's it's that's right just there. that's just an indication of how good their movies are. Or even yeah. this incredible movie, I'm not sure it would crack my top five. But I it, think it, for me, it's probably in the top five. But I can understand why it might not be for you. I, I have I have rediscovered my love of the Big Lebowski recently. Oh, that's good to hear. After, I've never lost. I know why you lost it yeah. because it became it's not the movie's fault. Why? Yeah, I, it's, it's not. It's lost interest. In yes, it. it's fandom, if you will, more than anything else. I think the fandom has stopped uh, being yeah. so insufferable. You know. And I, I, <laughs> Uh, that's maybe unfair, but you know I understand where you're coming yeah, from you with know. that. There, there are there are many fandoms I feel the same way about that it is insufferable. Sure, so. there might be a movie coming out shortly uh, from the time we're recording this, where uh, uh, the, star, the new Star Wars comes out oh. next week. <laughs> At the time that we're recording this, yeah, you're right. I wasn't thinking about that. Uh, I, I consider myself something of a Star Wars fan, but um, Star Wars fans are awful. <laughs> Right, anyway, so on that uh, note, yeah. So on that note, we uh, we've got one more bonus episode idea that I think we, we're we're going to do here before we get back to get back to business. Yeah, we talked. We mentioned it on the last episode, so yeah. it, I think we we kind of have to do it now. Yeah, we can't say it on on a no. podcast and then not do it, so we may as well do it. No, and I to be honest, I was really looking forward and still looking really forward to it. So we are going to uh, delve into is the last bonus episode before we pick back up of Hot Shots Part Two. Yes, with Charlie Sheen, who apparently is in Machete Kills, the second Machete. Really? I looked it up. Uh, is he the is he the heavy? Is he the bad guy? I, like maybe? Steven Seagal? I, I don't know. He uses his birth name because uh, because of obviously Machete being you know yeah. uh, um, they, they I saw in the trivia that 
he's credited as introducing Carlos Estevez. Really? Which I think is very funny. But um, he's not credited as Carlos Estevez in Hot Shots Part 2. He's Charlie Sheen. So what you're telling me, then, is that we've got an introducing Don Johnson in his uh, renaissance of a white supremacist. That's true. And in the sequel, we've got another introduction. Yeah, after we watched Machete, I was curious about the sequel, so I did see that. So as as it happens, Charlie Sheen, uh, you know, we'll be seeing some Charlie Sheen in the next episode. And after that, we're going to get back and finish this season. My pick that I've been sitting yeah, on for what feels for like forever. I, I will take the blame for that. Uh, we're, fi- we're almost through our fiscal year, so believe me. <laughs> when I'm, the books are closed. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it for reasons unrelated to the podcast, but also I'm looking forward to the year ending yeah. so we can get back to our actual regular, regular schedule of the podcast. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. All right. So if you've uh, liked the show, please like us on your podcast app of choice and maybe write us a favorable review as well. Yeah, and we're going to be back to at least not doing uh, commentaries next episode. So, uh, yeah, if uh, you know someone who might like the show, maybe uh, Hot Shots Part 2 would be something that's up their alley. So let them know. <laughs> I, I'd love to know. Uh, I'd love to know at Arms Race Podcast on Twitter the overlap between Sylvester Stallone <laughs> and Hot Shots Part 2. Hey, look, you know, it's a Rambo parody. That's why we're doing that's it. True. So maybe that's. that's I seem to remember Hot Shots Part 2 being better than Hot Shots, but. It's been a while since I've seen either one. I think we've had that conversation that you said that you you remember how much you remember liking the second one better than the first. I remember liking both of them. So, Yeah, I I remember thinking they're both funny, but we will see. All right. Well, we'll be back with Hot Shots Part 2.